It's a tremendous national failure to have hungry people and homeless people in a world awash with Gucci flip-flops and TikTok content mansions. We have more than enough wealth to go around. And while no one is advocating handing out free four-bedroom split levels with a prime rib in every kitchen, it's not that hard to imagine that yes, we could, if we wanted, hand out money for homes and jobs and food to poor people. Because we already do it for rich people. This is Dumb People with Terrible Ideas. I'm your host, Eric Gray. On a beautiful fall morning in 2022, a plane of bewildered Venezuelans disembarked from one of two planes on the island of Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts, without a goddamn clue why they were there. They had been promised lots of jobs in Boston. Instead, they received no jobs in Martha's Vineyard. This plan was carried out by Florida's governor and winner of a human maxi pad lookalike contest, Ron DeSantis, who got the idea from a Dateline episode where a guy gave candy to children in exchange for jumping in the van. But think about it for just a moment. Florida isn't a border state. It's surrounded by a couple oceans, Alabama and Georgia. How did the Venezuelans get to Florida in the first place? Turns out Governor DeSantis sent a plane to Texas to pick up migrants and bring them to Florida so that he could send them to Massachusetts as a political stunt. For all of his bitching about immigrants in the state of Florida, he couldn't find enough of them in Florida and had to outsource the task. Total taxpayer cost was $615,000. That's about $12,000 per immigrant. We could save taxpayer money simply by giving them one-tenth of that to help them relocate their families on their own. And Delta flies from Texas to Boston daily for about 500 bucks per person. And that's without including any airline miles bonus points. So why did it cost $12,000 each? Because it was contracted to a private plane company that you've never heard of with an AOL email address for official contact and a PO box in Florida tied to wealthy political donors. DeSantis is buying migrants from Texas, shipping them to Florida, then Massachusetts, and paying the human traffickers $12,000 per person for the privilege. Meanwhile, Jose and Maria are struggling with a language they don't speak. On an island they've never heard of. Lost amongst a million identical Dunkin' Donuts and only four hours of goddamn sunlight. Florida would rather give $615,000 to a rich guy to make 50 immigrants appear than disappear. 
then reappear again in three different states rather than give a hundred bucks to these poor people who haven't eaten in a week. Ron DeSantis would be of more value to the average Florida taxpayer if he opened up a glory hole laden alligator farm in the melting swampland of Tallahassee. They're always talking about the homeless and how New York City gets billions of dollars every year from federal government to take care of the homeless. And, and it's, it's gotta be about a billion dollars a year. And it's not even, I don't think, 100,000, maybe 200,000 homeless. This is gonna be 200,000. A billion dollars, 100,000 empty buildings in New York. They can just renovate them, but they'll take that money and buy a new van, get a kitchen somewhere, and get a paper bag, put a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in it, an apple and an apple juice and, and, and ride around and give it to you. And, and I'm, I'm wondering, I'm not wondering, I know, it's a business. They don't care about the homeless. They care about the business. It's a business. America, the land of the free and the home of the Made in China sticker. America has more empty homes than it does homeless citizens which is like starving someone to death next to a locked dumpster full of perfectly edible food. Another great American pastime. Via our tax dollars, we give white citizens free police service, sometimes even black people too. We give middle-class kids free books and Mark Zuckerberg free tax breaks. We give money to Elon Musk to fly astronauts to space. Trump and Obama get a presidential library for free. Veterans get their college tuition paid. There's no end to the free stuff. Air Force pilots get millions of dollars of free training. Boeing gets a no-bid government contract. We all get free COVID vaccines provided we're bright enough to take them. But give a hungry and homeless guy a government check for $200 to buy SpaghettiOs for his starving family. And America says nope faster than a teenage boy clearing the search history on the family web browser. And yes, this is taxpayer money. So it's our money. But when it goes to some dipshit with a plane to ferry Venezuelans to New England, America appears okay with it. While America would be madder than a three-legged dog trying to bury a turd on a frozen pond if one-tenth of that went to a hungry or homeless person. And yeah, you know, we'll get to welfare in a moment because that's pretty important to discuss as well, but give me time, boss. Give me time. Betty Williams was 18, the second oldest of 13 kids, when Southern segregationists sent her family north with false promises of jobs, housing, a better life. It was 1962, and her mother was dressed to meet President Kennedy. She was actually told that. The Kennedy was going to meet her wherever she was dropped off. And in Hyannis, she, she was thinking that they was going to be there. Three days after leaving Little Rock, Arkansas, their Greyhound bus arrived in Hyannis, not far from the Kennedy family's summer compound. President Kennedy was not there to meet the bus. Back in the 1960s, when your grandpa still got boners, there was a thing called reverse freedom rides. 
it was promoted by white supremacist groups. They would pay Southern black folks to hop on a bus with free bus fare and a crisp $5 bill with promises of jobs at the end of their bus trip. The jobs never happened. No money, knowing nobody. It was one of the most inhuman things that I have ever seen. Black folks were dumped off in liberal northern towns like, oh, I don't know, maybe Martha's Vineyard? As an attempt to get rid of southern black folks, sure, but also to embarrass the northern politicians that had to figure out how to help them. The Northern Liberals and the NAACP, Urban League, and people like that especially, they have been crying the uh, sing-song in behalf of the Negroes throughout the nation. And of course, now when it comes time for them to put up or shut up, they have shut up. Back then, it was white supremacist groups. Now, it's governors in Florida and Texas. Very powerful people with legit power doing it. About 200 African Americans were given one-way bus tickets north. Pissing taxpayer money away to rich airplane owners instead of just giving a break to hungry and homeless people. We, we didn't really have anything. We just had our clothing. We didn't have uh, furniture, stuff like that we can bring here. Now there is an argument to be made that giving free homes and Hamburgers to those least among us will encourage them to not work in this brave, freedom, bald eagle banging economic experiment we call America. But they are already not working. If they're already broke and unemployed, will keeping them broke fix their unemployment? Because they're too busy simply finding a place to rest their head or fill their bellies. And the homeless and hungry find that America, with all of our victories and pride and praise for maintaining freedom throughout the world, won't help them put their kid in their own bed at night. The myth of the lazy poor has always been a top-down propaganda campaign used to malign the fundamentally disenfranchised like trickle-down economics and Tyler Perry movies. In 1996, President Bill Clinton signed the Welfare Reform Act into law. That law put the focus on work and created time limits for assistance. When America's horniest president, Bill Clinton, skipped his afternoon intern tongue hockey tug and tussle to sign the Welfare Reform Act, it was an attempt to fix a problem that didn't really exist. The old system of welfare basically paid hungry and homeless people a few farthings to go to White Castle once a month. This new system, promoted by Bill Clinton, was called Temporary Assistance for Needy Families, and it introduced new requirements to get that sweet, sweet hamburger money mainly by tying welfare benefits for homeless and hungry people to their attempts to find work. But if you're hungry and homeless, you probably don't go to work because you have nowhere to live and you're fucking hungry. The whole thing is a catch-22. What's the first thing they ask about on a job application? 
a home address. And what do you need to acquire this home address? Well, a job. It's just another circle jerk into the void to specifically condemn those without a support system to the waste bin of society. But welfare reform in the 90s did another much more insidious thing to the American people. And few people realize the enormous consequences that would result, which is it, it tied welfare benefits for hungry and homeless kids even more to the actions of their hungry and homeless parents. Millions of children living in squalor suddenly lost the minimal comfort their squalor provided because daddy and mommy were drug addicted or disabled or mentally ill or sometimes just plain lazy. And mommy and daddy didn't apply for enough jobs to meet the requirement. Whereas before, welfare would guarantee these children's parents enough to buy some canned pork and beans and maybe some dog food for dessert, even if the parents were dumb or lazy or, or on drugs. Now, when mommy and daddy didn't apply for enough jobs, then that sweet gravy train of gravy train ended and the checks stopped coming. Instead of mitigating the bad results of bad decision-making, we multiplied the bad results of bad decision-making. Before, at least the kids could still eat if their parents were assholes. Now, the kids just starve if their parents are assholes. So America makes a choice. Who gets what and how much is it going to cost? And wherever that line of free stuff ends... It always ends before the homeless get shelter or the hungry get a hot dog. Because of an $8.3 million budget cut, people in need of mental treatment or care won't be getting it, which has some concerned. There's also a huge number of unhoused people who are victims of the mental health crisis. Here at the state hospital, two units are closing. Brought on by unceremoniously closing psychiatric hospitals across the country without a backup plan. One including the 29-bed psychiatric ward. The other unit closing here at the state hospital is the male chemical dependency unit. We just threw mentally ill people back on the streets. In 2015, that program where fewer and fewer people served 429 men for substance abuse were able to seek psychiatric help due to the absurd cost of treatment the lack of resources because the hospitals are, are now closed and kanye west is giving them all a bad name yet amazon pays zero federal taxes a year and gets tens of millions of dollars in taxpayer funds to build warehouses and some rich prick in florida gets six hundred and fifteen thousand dollars to swipe up some south americans slap them with swamp ass and send them goodwill hunting to a liberal haven in the middle of the Atlantic. The city of San Diego put in large rocks at Imperial Avenue and I-5 as a homeless deterrent in 2016 to prevent people from sleeping under the freeway. 
anti-homeless architecture is one of the most foul and disgusting designs of a declining system, struggling not to snap under the weight of its own failures. You've probably seen this before. Park benches with iron armrests in the middle, with room enough to sit but not room enough to sleep. To more overt middle fingers to the homeless, such as spiked sidewalks beneath bridges. The point of anti-homeless structures is to communicate to homeless people, you don't have to go home, but you can't be homeless here. Anti-homeless architecture doesn't even try to address homelessness, but it does make life harder for those already struggling, exactly like the 1990s welfare reform. And when you think about it, what exemplifies the American system more than a spike-laden windowsill outside of an overpriced coffee shop? A business that sells double-digit coffee and 4,000-calorie dingleberry muffins dutifully protecting their customers from walking outside and being disgusted at the sight of a suffering human being. Several years ago, once again in America's clogged sewer pipe, Florida, the government again mandated additional steps to qualify the homeless and hungry for welfare benefits. This time, it was a mandatory drug test. If you wanted help from Uncle Sam because you were broke, then you needed to pay for the test before you could even apply for welfare assistance. Now, if your broke ass passed the drug test, you'd get reimbursed for the test and the, and the government would, you know, let you have the chance to apply for canned tuna fish and saltine money. But if you failed the drug test, you couldn't apply for welfare. And you, being broke, are still out of the cost of the drug test that you paid for. After only four months, the courts stopped this shit show. But during that four months, Florida spent $114,000 on reimbursed drug tests. That's $114,000 that could have just gone to help poor people directly. Instead, diverted to a medical facility owned by people that have plenty of money already. And just 2.6% of the welfare applicants in Florida were found to be on illegal drugs, which is a lower percentage of drug usage than the general population of Floridians. Florida spent more money to disqualify a couple crackheads than they would have spent if they had just given them welfare benefits to begin with. But the extra money was spent on drug labs and doctors and testing instead of going directly to the hungry and homeless. And that's okay, I guess, because soon after, 24 other states adopted the same program, which remains tied up in the court system. Because it's not about the money that we waste or the money we could save, it's about kicking destitute people in the nuts every chance we get. The mere mention of universal basic income 
or putting an end to food insecurity is almost certain to elicit tales of communist breadlines and societal collapse from the same folks who think police brutality is a national sport. Helping poor people has a price tag, boss, but so does helping rich people. And Americans hate paying the first and love paying the second. We'd rather pay $600,000 to fly immigrants under false pretenses to Massachusetts than give them 100 bucks each just to buy groceries. We'd rather spend millions on spikes on sidewalks than spend half a million on a homeless shelter. All because we elect dumb people with terrible ideas. Hey, thanks for listening to this season two episode of Dumb People with Terrible Ideas on America versus the hungry and homeless. This podcast is produced and performed by Eric Gray, co-written by TJ Small. Click the show notes to get either one of us to do either of those things for you. Hey, don't forget um, ericexplains.com. That's E-R-I-C explains.com. Get on the mailing list, chief. We're getting big. We're blowing up. Get on board now while we are still a newborn in the podcasting universe. I'm Eric and I'm out of here. Hey, thanks so much for listening and uh, see ya.